0: Back-to-back episodes all about money, because that is what is top of mind right now during the coronavirus pandemic, and I want to bring you guys the most up-to-date information as possible. I was able to secure the founder of FinCon, an awesome, amazing, huge financial conference, and he's also a CPA, blogger, podcaster, husband, and father of three. Philip has taken the time to talk to us today about the Paycheck Protection Program, which I honestly learned so much just from interviewing him and prepping for this episode. You guys need to make sure you listen to this because there are sensitive deadlines that you need to make sure you submit your application for to get your payroll covered. And this also includes independent contractors as we will see as we get into the episode. So Philip created the website Part-Time Money back in 2007. He shares his advice on money, holds himself accountable while paying over $75,000 in debt, and he created it to meet others that are also passionate about moving toward financial independence. We are similar in our approaches to being conservative in money, planning for the future, and also building debt-free businesses. I think you guys are gonna enjoy this episode. Don't forget, though, this is being recorded April 1st. I will be pushing this out as soon as I get it processed once I'm done with this introduction for y'all, but updates may be available, so make sure you keep going to rachelbranke.com for the show notes to get all updates on all the different COVID episodes that we're pushing out. I also have a specific rachelbranke.com forward slash COVID page where you can find all COVID 19 coronavirus related episodes. I have Winnie Sun, who is a the wealth whisperer who's come on. We have all these other great experts who I have been plucking out of the interwebs to bring you guys information that is time sensitive to help you during this crazy time. So stick with me and we can do this. Welcome to the Business Bites Podcast, the podcast for busy entrepreneurs. Whether you're an online entrepreneur, or seeking after brick and mortar success, this podcast brings you quick bites of content so you can learn and grow anywhere you are. Now, here's your host, Rachel Branke. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Business Bites Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Brankey. This is episode 115. Today, I am joined by Philip Taylor, who is the founder of FinCon, an awesome financial conference. And the owner and founder of ptmoney.com. Just to let you guys know, we're going to be talking about Paycheck Protection Program, which has to do with all this COVID-19 stuff going on, its craziness. We're gonna to try to provide you guys a roadmap. However, just in FYI, Today is April 1st when we are recording it. My goal is to push this out tonight or tomorrow. So understand if you're listening to this in a couple weeks, some things may have changed. What Philip and I plan to do is update the show notes page. It will be rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 115. And I also will be linking his blog, his website, and his Twitter feed, which has a lot of great information. That's where I got the idea for this podcast episode. So make sure you guys go to the show notes page, go follow all those resources. We're going to keep you updated with that. So Philip, welcome to the show.
1: Rachel, thanks for having me on. This is an exciting topic. I think that can help a lot of side hustlers, small business owners, um, folks who are out there earning money and want to keep their team and and themselves working over these next few weeks. So I'm excited to talk about uh, this program that came out and came into law last Friday and is being, you know, rolled out this week. So um, yeah, excited to be on with you.
0: It's a crazy time. And you know what's interesting? You probably I don't know if you saw it on my Twitter feed. I was starting to rant and rave about how all these large companies are furloughing people, not paying staff, while I'm looking around and getting PMs and messages of small business owners who are like, how do I take care of my own? How do I take care of my team? And a couple weeks ago, didn't really have an answer other than call your insurance and dig into your savings. But now we have this paycheck protection program. Can you give kind of a high level view of how that applies to the entrepreneurs listening? And then we'll just dig into the specifics of it.
1: Sure. Absolutely. First, a couple of caveats, like you mentioned up front, this thing is sort of evolving and moving. So there's a lot of gray areas right now with the law and the way the treasury is interpreting it. And then the way the banks are going to a sort of, you know, apply it when they allow you to apply for the, uh, for the loans. But, um, and also wanted to state that I am a CPA. So mm-hmm. this kind of topic is kind of geeky for me. And I, I enjoyed writing mm-hmm. on this over at my site. Then, uh, I'm excited about what the paycheck protection program does. Um, and it, in, and I'm a, a business owner myself. I have three businesses that I believe apply that could apply for this. And so, um, when I was looking at this, the stimulus package coming down the CARES Act, you know, for the first time, I thought, oh, well, that's, you know, just going to issue stimulus checks like we did last time. But this, this included some really good things for small business owners. And this first thing, literally the first thing in the CARES Act is the Paycheck Protection Program. And so I think a lot of people when they first saw it, the business owners especially thought, oh, well, that's just a loan. I don't like taking loans out from my business. I just like using my cash and moving forward. Um, But what this loan is, is actually comes with um, sort of embedded loan forgiveness in it. And in effect, it becomes kind of a grant for Mm -hmm. small business owners if they use it for qualifying expenses. So the Paycheck Protection Program, like I said, is part of the CARES Act and it is intended to help small business owners continue to pay their folks for this next few weeks while we're dealing with this crisis. So that's kind of the high level um, of how it works, so we can d- certainly dig into the details if you want of who's eligible, um, how how do you calculate how much loan you can get, where do you get mm-hmm. a loan, um, and things like that.
0: Well, let me ask you this: S- many of the listeners are probably thinking, "Well, I don't have any other employees besides myself; I'm the only W 2 So, can the Paycheck Protection Program count for yourself if you're the only employee?
1: Yep. So, the Paycheck Protection Program uh, includes uh, folks who are small businesses and, and sole proprietors, but also independent contractors. So if you literally just have uh, earnings from that business, it may qualify for for this program. Check with the bank, check with the regulations, with the SBAs rolling out this week. But my interpretation is yes, any, any small business owner, uh, whether that's sort of a budding small business on the side where you're just paying yourself, um, could potentially qualify for this. So I'm factoring that in. I'm considering that uh, to be something that's viable. And the fact that that Treasury has now come out and said there's two separate dates for application, April 3rd Mm -hmm. is when small businesses can apply, and April 10th is when independent contractors can apply, clearly says to me that this program is for both types.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I agree. And so what kind of documentation do small business owners and contractors need to think about being able to provide during the application process. Have they put out guidance about that yet?
1: Yeah. Guidance is slowly trickling out from the SBA, the treasury, and certainly the banks who are going to be the ones where you apply um, SBA approved banks. So that may be your, the business bank you're already working with. You may have to find a SBA approved bank if your bank is not, but they're, they're basically saying, give us your payroll information Give us the date that you started your business um, and also give us your, your income, right? So um, things like your profit and loss statement, any you know payroll statements that you uh, have, um, if you have employees, um, profit and loss statement, and then some kind of documentation showing when your business started because they don't want to issue these loans to people who started a business last week. It's anyone mm-hmm. before who started a business before February 15th, 2020.
0: You know, and that's an interesting uh, thing that you just said, because I've had a couple of emails this morning alone asking about, well, what do I do if I was just setting up my business? I haven't even made any money. So they've expended in the last few months all these Hmm. costs to set up, but never really started making anything. They're not going to qualify under this program then.
1: Yep. that's, That's the way I certainly interpret it. Yep. Unfortunately.
0: And that's a bummer. Um, You know, a couple other things on this. As a side note, we're only focusing this episode on the Paycheck Protection Program. There are other things available out there. I know this morning, our local Chamber of Commerce sent out an email with a specific type of grant. And a lot of the items that you were just listing of what you would need to apply for the Paycheck Protection Program is also what was needed for on the application for that grant program. Some other additional items were, you know, how many full-time employees do you have? How many have you hired in the last 30 days? How many have you had to lay off since all this started? And it even went into asking about what would I spend the money on and how, much, how many weeks that my business could survive without that grant. Obviously, that's a grant, different program than what we're talking about here, but I can anticipate some of the same questions being in the PPP application.
1: Good point. And there's a lot in this CARES Act. And like I said, the Paycheck Protection Program is one of the first things mentioned in there. And that's the one I'm most excited about because if you are someone who has multiple employers or employees, um, this could be a large loan amount because the loan is calculated based on how, many, how much payroll you have. And uh, and so you know just, this could be a big loan for people that ultimately is forgivable. But yes, there's lots of other programs. There's the EIDL, the economic, uh, injury disaster loan that's out there. And there was a, I know an upfront grant attached to that. There may be some other no, grants really. and certainly unemployment benefits in this program as well. So there's a lot in it. It's going to keep CPAs and folks who are the prof- financial professionals in your life, very busy over the next few weeks, <laughs> trying to interpret it and apply it to uh, the right people.
0: So let me ask you this: Let's say you have an entrepreneur listening to this, and they're like, "Oh, hey, great, good to know. If I need PPP, at what point should they pull the trigger on making on doing the application? Maybe they're not feeling so hurt right now. Things did seem to be okay. They haven't felt a crunch or slow in sales or revenue yet." I mean, is there like a drop dead date of when no longer you can apply for this program, or is it just kind of open until whenever? Yep.
1: So the program runs through uh, June 30th, 2020. Okay. I believe that's the date here. Let's see. I don't know. Yeah, June 30th, 2020. You have it until then to de- apply, but it's also first come, first serve. So, in my yeah. opinion, you need to jump on this as quick as possible. You need to get up to speed about what your bank is doing, what the SBA is saying. And if this is something that appeals to you, I would apply as soon as possible and go ahead and get in line. Um, And you have an eight week period to use these funds for them to be uh, eligible for forgiveness. And so the quicker you get that going, the quicker you you can sort of start that eight week time period. So if you started uh, June 15th, you would just have 15 days to spend all the loan uh, balance there. After that June 30th date, um, you can no longer apply for this program and you can no longer then submit, uh, mm. well, you know, exp- therefore you wouldn't be able to ex- ex- submit expenses after that point. And so it would just convert into a regular loan at that point. It's a good loan. It's two years at half a percentage point, uh, That's 0.5%, nice. but you know, the forgiveness part would kind of go away after that June 30th, 2020 date.
0: And when do you have to start making payments on it? Is there guidance there?
1: Yep, it is uh, deferred for the first six months. So as soon as you Nine. take it out, you have a six-month time frame where you don't have to make payments. And now keep in mind, you can make payments if you want. There's no payment for pre- or, or prepayment penalty. And also, if you use these uh, funds for the right purposes, the qualifying expenses, which include payroll, rent, utilities, then uh, those those elements are forgivable. So. If you take the loan out and you spend them all on eligible expenses, then you don't have a loan at the end of this, you know, you've, you've, you've used all those funds. And so, you know, wipes the loan out.
0: Good to know. And do you have to, you mentioned a couple of times submitting the expenses. So you do the application, you get the funds, and then you have to submit kind of evidence of where you paid those funds out and to what you paid them to.
1: That's right. That's exactly right. And you'll work with your bank. To do that. So the bank that ultimately lends you these dollars will Got be the it. one to also collect that information to evidence that you've used it on qualifying expenses. Because the, the government wants to, to, to your larger point earlier about, do I need this? You know, the government is saying that they want you to continue employing people, to continue hiring people, to continue working, you know, business as normal and uh, to not shut things down. That's the purpose of this. And so they're trying to inject cash in our economy. So uh, help them out, you know, use these funds uh, to inject some money into the economy to give you confidence that regardless of what other dominoes are going to fall here, Mm -hmm. uh, because who knows, we haven't even reached the peak yet of this virus. Um, Take this money and and put it to use and then work with your bank um, and uh, and go ahead and start, uh, you know, getting this thing going.
0: Well, and that's what I was thinking. We're not even, I guess I was reading reports this morning, and we don't need to get all into all the epidemiology of it, but we haven't even seen the worst necessarily yet for the virus itself. So I would imagine we haven't even seen the worst economic impact of this. Is there potential for them to move the dates and prolong the application and use period? And are these just dates right now as guidance today? I mean, is, I guess my Absolutely. question is there potential yeah. for it to move. Okay.
1: I would not doubt if funding for this gets increased at some point and dates mm-hmm. get extended. Absolutely. This will be a sort of an ongoing evaluation that the treasury is going to make, not just a one-time shot. And they're going to have to clean a lot of things up with, with this massive bill that they, you know, just dumped <laughs> on us without reading how they typically do it. But, um, the regulators will, will clean it up and, and make it tight and uh, help us to understand how to apply it and, and make the most out of it. And then, yes, it'll keep evolving um, to, to respond to, you know, the situation that's going on. Because the government in this, there's no bad actors here, you know. Um, the government is just trying to reco- help us recover from a self-inflicted wound that they created, right? They're mm-hmm. telling us to shut down. Um, and that's having effects across all of our businesses. And so this is their way of uh, kind of rectifying that that edict.
0: Well, and actually looking at the precarious position that our economy is in, it makes me apprehensive to recommend a loan program. I'm a big proponent on if you can build a business and run your business debt free as possible do it. But then when you're talking a bit about the forgiveness aspect of this, I feel a little better, but I get, I don't know, I just feel a little uneasy yeah. thinking they're calling it a loan potentially forgivable. What if I get stuck in not being forgiven?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I have the same sentiment. I am completely anti uh, debt, certainly with the starting a business. Um, I'm a bootstrapper by nature. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. And when I first saw this, I was not interested, but when I saw that forgiveness factor, which to me effectively makes it a grant and I understand their intent with this, they want to keep paying employees and, and keep, keep um, injecting cash into the economy. And so, um, for me, that sort of set my mind at ease that this is a program that, um, you know, I can, uh, I can work with and have confidence in that, uh, won't bite me. And again, you know, um, you, you, The way the calculations work is, you know, you do, you take your average monthly payroll over the past 12 months and multiply that or divide that by 12 to get your monthly average and then multiply that by 2.5 to get the maximum loan amount you could take out. Mm -hmm. All right. So you can do that number in your head. I also have a calculator uh, on my website on the article I wrote about this. You can check out to to get that number. But that's the maximum you can take out. So if if you're Mm -hmm. uncomfortable with that number and you look ahead over the next eight weeks and you you say, you know what? There's no way I could spend that on qualifying expenses. Then um, maybe I'll dial that back. Maybe I'll take half, half of that now. Or maybe I'll take the whole thing. And if I don't end up spending any of that on qualifying expenses, I just pay it all back. So consider it yeah. almost like a line of credit that you're mm-hmm. getting to hedge your bets against the next eight weeks of uncertainty in our economy. So that's the way I've, I've tried to explain it to people. Um, it's it's sort of a, an interesting line of credit that, you know, pays for itself ultimately if you end up using it.
0: Interesting. And just to be clear on this, you know, it's called the paycheck protection, but we're looking at payroll costs, including benefits. Interest on mortgage obligations, rent under lease agreements, and all of this had to be enforced before February 15th. Utilities for service that began before February 15th. And I'm pulling this directly from the treasury guidance that I'll link for you guys. But under payroll costs, and this is what I found interesting, it also includes state and local taxes that are assessed on compensation.
1: Yep, that's right. The only uh, thing they're not really including there, if if you sort of add all that up, Is uh, federal taxes and uh, Mm. payroll taxes. And Mm -hmm. the reason they're not including that is because there's also in the CARES Act a deferment for the next year and a half or two years almost for your payroll taxes. So that's something else that we can, you know, that's going to make for another whole topic. Should you defer your payroll taxes for the next year and a half? Um, So that's why they're not including it in the calculation. But yeah, so (laughs) Just just to kind of get it clear in everyone's head, there's two there's two calcula- or there's two components to this. There's the sort of the calculating your your loan amount part, and that includes just payroll cost. And then when it comes to qualifying expenses, what you can actually use this money for, it's expanded a little bit to include those things you you shared, mortgage, um, rent, and a couple other items.
0: That's really nice. Um, you know, because I know some places landlords are offering for free rents. Um, mine has yet to do it, although he did reach out to check on me. <laughs> Ours has yet to for our um, for our commercial space. Uh, So in just an FYI for you guys, you know, Philip has said it a couple of times, all of this, you're not going to be going through the treasury or SBA. You're going to be going through a um, SBA. What did you call it earlier? Like an SBA certified bank? Bank.
1: Yeah. Approved bank or institution. Yeah. Some institutions, financial institutions will be able to do it as well. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your Chase Banks, your Wells Fargo's, your U.S. Bank. I mean, those, the big players in the SBA lending space can certainly do it, but your, your, your local small business bank may be able to do that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And maybe some people are listening and thinking, okay, it's under loan, make potential forgiveness, but I don't have good credit. What should they still apply?
1: That's a great question. So this has nothing, uh, no credit component. You're not making a personal guarantee and there's no collateral involved. So okay. they're just looking at the, at the employees that you're employing, you know, the the people on your team and how much you're paying in, uh, in salaries to, to establish the need here.
0: Does that also, we mentioned earlier independent contractors, but that is, does that also include me as an employer who has contractors that work for me? Or is that just as a contractor yeah. can pull this?
1: That's a good question. And that's sort of a gray area right now. The way okay. I interpreted the law initially was that me as an employer could also include my independent contractors in my uh, payroll calculations. Um, but if you think about it, if they're also allowing that independent contractor to, to also submit for a PPP, mm. they're including their earnings. And so there would be kind of a double dip going on there. And so mm. I think what the treasury has done is it brought clarity to the, to the law um, and I'm waiting for further clarification on this, but it looks like, um, uh, at this point I would just be able to include folks that I have an actual payroll for if I'm a small business and not my independent okay. contractors, not not people like 1099 or pay through PayPal. Mm-hmm. Um, because theoretically those people could, could then go Hopefully. apply for this PPP themselves. Yep.
0: Okay. Good to know. And then if we see any changes on that, y'all, I will update that on the show notes page as well for you. Cause it would be nice. You know, I have a lot of virtual independent contractors that work for me, but if they're going to pull it themselves, that makes sense. Oh my goodness. All right. So this is a lot of information. We're going to link all of this for you. Before I let you go, Philip, I know your time is super precious right now with all this going on. Do you have any tips though, for entrepreneurs to maybe jot down so they don't get in a position like this in the future? I mean, could we have really predicted a pandemic? No, (laughs) but what are some things they could do so they're not scrambling to have to rely on PPP and other programs?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, So something that's worked for me, and it's just a a straight up just a resource is the Profit First materials uh, Mm -hmm. that Mike McAllowitz puts out. And he really helps you to pay yourself first when it comes to your business. So a lot of people think about paying themselves first or automating their savings when it comes to their personal finances. And I really try to do the same with my business and the profit first system by Mike to me is the best out there, uh, to help you kind of set that up to where, you know, you're, you're taking care of these important needs first. You're paying yourself, making sure you're getting paid, but you're setting money aside and, you know, for taxes and for emergencies like this so that, uh, you know you're ready, um but also just you know kind of staying lean and mean and taking that bootstrapper approach where you're not overextending yourself, you're not taking mm-hmm. unnecessary debt on um you're slowly building with with team members that can um help you to grow in a in a in a in a more reasonable you know fashion but mm-hmm. uh it's it's challenging as a business owner when something like this happens, and it's just no fault of your own here mm-hmm. um and so have have are The questions I've been asking myself lately are, are there other streams of income that I could have been creating alongside w- what our core business is, mm-hmm. right? Or there are, are there different ways to think about how we deliver our services? And can we, for instance, I run an event, FinCon, you mentioned it up front. Um, we are certainly still planning to have that event this year, but I've told my team, we're also going to be executing a virtual event at the same time. Mm -hmm. Just in case it doesn't happen, just in case we just need to be in a position to where we're delivering both products. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, that's something I wish I would have done a long time ago. Uh, We could have been delivering both for years now, but we have sort of hesitated because we have always just been able to have the real event in person. But uh, so think about that in terms of how you can deliver something in a different way Um, and then check out profit first.
0: Definitely. And you know, it's, I've probably been a bit more of an optimistic than most during this process because I'm seeing exactly what you just talked about. Business owners are having to go. Oh my gosh, I haven't been listening when Rachel's told me to have a savings in this and that. So now I'm going to get it in order. And on the flip side, what else can I do? What other income stream? So like I'm seeing this growth potential and the light bulbs going off on people's heads. And I'm excited for it because I feel if you take this, listen to these podcasts, go to PCMoney.com, follow us on social media. There's a lot of great information. There's a lot of information right now because everyone's home tweeting and blogging. But there's a lot of great information to do exactly what you just talked about. And so I'm really, it's going to sound weird. I'm excited to see what can come out of this crisis that we're going through and how it can improve people's lives.
1: I am too. I am too. We'll be forced to innovate, think differently about things, and it'll stretch us, stretch our entrepreneurial brains, you know, to, to do things differently. So I'm excited too.
0: Me too. Well, thank you so much for all this information on PPP. FYI, guys, don't forget, all the show notes are going to be rachelbranke.com forward slash EPI 150. I will be updating this as much as possible. And we also will have a thread in the Business Bites Facebook group. Other people asking questions, interactions with other entrepreneurs. Make sure you dig into that. I'll be putting all of Philip's stuff on the webpage as well as link to some of the treasury information. Gonna to try to keep that as updated as possible for you. But don't be afraid to reach out and good luck. Thanks for joining Rachel on this episode of the Business Bites. For show notes, a list of recommended tools, or referenced episodes, you can find them at BusinessBitesPodcast.com. Until next time.